if you put microphones in front of straight white men, how long until they talk about their own cum? That should be a game show. We put three men together in a room. We see how long it can go before anyone brings up cum. It's not, it, dude. We've proven it's it's very. They roll the it credits. Was zero well. seconds. <laughs> it was zero zero. But that's sultry voice you're hearing. You know him. You love him. It's Doogie Horner. Hello, Doogie. Great thanks to be for coming. Here. Yeah, Thank all the way you. down from the blizzard in upstate New York. Yeah, we live in Alfred, New York, right now, which is it's uh it's considered Western New York, which I didn't even know there was a Western New York. <laughs> yeah. I lived in New York State, and I didn't know there was a Western New York. I saw something on the news where Pete. People like in Buffalo will call themselves New Yorkers, and then people in New York City get pissed off about it because of that. They're like, we can't, can't be having people out of the city refer to themselves as us. It's so funny when I, l- I always used to call when I, I used to, I used to live in New York City, and I would just say I'm from New York, and like New Yorkers, uh, people that live in New York City, they say I'm from New York, and they're just dismissing the whole state. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah. this yeah. is New York. There's nothing else. There's no other New York. I guess we kind of do that, like, we don't really, like, own Pittsburgh Western PA, though. Like, Western PA? Western PA. Like, we don't, like, I wouldn't want to associate with Western PA. Oh, that's true. So, I'd be like, I'm from, you know. That's the, true. You know that's I mean? true. Western New York is like Western PA. In it's turn- the same vibe. Yeah. It's very different than, uh, like, upstate New York feels like upstate New York. It's like Woodstock yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, uh, you know, Western feels like... It's like Pittsburgh. It's the least populated county. There's just nothing. It's just green around my house. If you zoom out on a map, it's just state forest. It's just nothing. Did That's it go? Did it go red or blue? Though. I don't know, but it must be red. I think <laughs> all of New York went red, except election. for the city. Like every other state. Like when they were talking about um, the the quote unquote lack of red wave that was supposed to happen, mm-hmm. everybody else went like way more blue than they anticipated like every state that they were not expecting except new york yeah new york mm. almost went entirely it's that bill de blasio <laughs> yeah hate him you mean who's who's the new eric adams eric adams eric adams is the mayor of new york yeah. the new governor i forget her name i think everybody kind of forgot because cuomo was yeah, I don't know. The it was Cuomo, and then do you know the governor? The lady governor? This That's is all lady. news to me. Everything you're saying right now is news. <laughs> I, I'm like, just even the concepts of mayors and governors is kind of news <laughs> to me. I kind of forgot. I'm like, oh, yeah. what's the governor's in charge of the state? Have the <laughs> mayor's in charge. Of I don't know how it all works. Yeah, but have you been following any of the the Pennsylvania? Because you're from. We're in Bethlehem. You're kind of from we're around Bethlehem here, right now. I'm from Bethlehem. I was born here, Northampton, in right? the Christmas city. And yeah, I went to school in Northampton for a while, but I don't. I haven't been keeping up with politics at all. Yeah, the Fetterman, the uh, Doctor Oz debacle. Oh, I, I knew. I know a little bit about that. Mm. The dude looks like a professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other Doctor Oz looks like his sleazy manager. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, if they, yeah. if he was a pro he wrestler. Abs- that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. He's like the guy that carries the Undertaker's urn. <laughs> That's Dr. Oz. And then Fetterman is the Undertaker. Yeah. it's. It, I heard a guy talk the other day about how... Because they can't get over the fact that Fetterman had a stroke and it's like affecting him. And they, also, just the way he looks... It's tough. It make, like it now, tough. It now gives context to the way he looks. Even though he looked like that prior to his stroke. Yeah. He's just so big and just kind of... Uh-huh. Yeah. 
oblong in every sense possible. Yeah, he's he's an odd-looking dude. Yeah. And, yeah, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? But, yeah, so that actually, growing up around here is how you kind of came up with the idea to write your book, right? Oh, yeah, so I wrote a novel called This Might Hurt a Bit, and it was... I've tried I've I tried to write novels many times throughout the years and like none of them worked and eventually I did I think what most first novelists do which is just you write a thinly veiled memoir <laughs> you're like all right I'll just say what happens the you're main like, character's name is Boogie Dorner yeah <laughs> yeah because you don't have to worry like what happens next you're like well what did happen next right. you know or like what's this character like and you're like what were they like you mm. know and then you just like change a little bit to make it a little more interesting do you have like any reverence for growing up here is it kind of like you know do you is it shitty it was a pretty bad place for me to grow up so i started in the suburbs of bethlehem which was fine but then we moved out to the country we were right at the base of the blue mountain around in a a town called Kleckner'sville, and it was very rural and i was like an artsy Mm. weirdo and that was not the culture out there (laughs) and so uh i did not fit in um and then when i I went to art school and i was like oh there's other people that are like this was before the internet was a thing and so now i feel like you're a weirdo and you're like yes (laughs) (laughs) it's a badge of of honor you know because you can just connect with whatever you're you can find your people i hate to say the word fandom is you know but like you can but like back then it was it really was like I guess I'm a freak. Yeah. Um, which I thought was good. It gives you, you know, I don't know, different kind of like. It keeps you on like once you kind of diverge from the path of being just like a normal who cares about anything. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna work a nine to five and die eventually with <laughs> hopefully some money in my bank account. Yeah. For, I feel like for the government to take. You never ever go back to that. You can try to. Mm-hmm. But like I've I've always kind of appreciated that because I look at my life now where I'm like, oh I'm a lot like I would have called myself at 19 like a normie, or something like that now. But I'm like, oh no, I still have like a lot of reverence for like being a teenager, feeling different, mm-hmm. and I feel like that never really leaves a little bit, you know. Isn't that the point of being a teenager? Isn't every teenager like nobody, no matter how normal you are? Isn't that the classic teenage thing? You're like nobody understands. Yeah, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Alone. That's the plight. Utterly <laughs> alone. <laughs> That's why it's always interesting, like, to talk to because we, we all do stand up too. How people get to stand, like, find their way to stand up, like, from all these crazy different, like, starts. Yeah. You know, like, I, like, sports. I did sports, but I still ended up doing stand up. Somebody does arts. They, like, it's still. It's funny how we all found the same thing, and we started at these like crazy different yeah. places. You know, what I mean? like, we're all dead inside. Yeah. Wow, pretty much. Yeah, we're yeah, dead. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. I feel I feel alive inside. Whether you're dead inside wearing a beret or dead inside wearing a Leatherman jacket, I feel dead we're on all the outside. kind of dead inside. <laughs> well, yeah, you were what? talking about the guitar, because you, you like I I remember my parents, like I was like in high school and they made me take guitar lessons and I like I wanted to be good at guitar. I wanted it, and uh, they the fucking guy told me to stop. That's so sick that most parents are like, you're playing piano, you're playing violin, you're getting <laughs> classically trained. Your parents are like, no, I want you to be cool, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I fine. really <laughs> want you to be cool. Dude, the, the instructor pulled my parents aside and were like, I've never, like, 
<laughs> I've never dealt with somebody as bad as he won't learn this. This jock keeps trying to hike the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He keeps swinging it. <laughs> you keep putting with it. <laughs> Did yeah. you feel like you were bad? Yeah, I knew I was bad. I couldn't find any. It didn't make sense to me in my I head. I love that he said stop. Yeah. Nobody says that anymore. Everyone's like, chase your dreams. Yeah. And I'm like, are you trying to sabotage me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I should. <laughs> yeah, he was like very quickly. He's like, he just he'll he'll never be good at this. It, he he won't even be able to do this as a hobby. Like that's wow. how bad it's he got to connect. Like it's like one of those things where it's like it has to connect because mm-hmm. sometimes you just have no interest in doing something. Yeah, you know, like I I thought, but he had interest. I had interest. Did you actually? Yeah, I wanted to play that's what guitar. Makes it even more amazing. <laughs> but I just didn't know. And my parents like put everything in front of me to give me a chance at this goddamn thing, and I just <laughs> I, I I didn't have what it took. I had like I couldn't do it, you know. I can't I think it. of anything more frustrating in life than something that you practice really hard at and you still can't get good at it. Yeah, and that to me is like a That's more why we don't go to open mics anymore. <laughs> Ooh, I went to an open mic a couple nights ago. How was it? Where at? Oh, it was great. I love open it was mics. A, it was I do love going to open mics I now. Love, I you love, love going it. with me too. I love going. With it's yeah. like it's great. It's like well, it depends where you go. Like. I mean, like around here in Philly or stuff like in New York, going to open mics yes. was not fun because it's just a bunch of good comedians being angry. But mm-hmm. when you go to an open mic around here, it's like it, it is just like a lot of people that they're like, this is my first time. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so you get to see it's like outsider artists, you know, these painters that live alone in a shack. Uh-huh. And they're like, I make art with charcoal, you know, and you're like, that's not what a dog looks like. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, you, you see wild shit. At the like small town open mic, I feel like there's yeah. like incredible talent too. Because I mean, like I don't know, I know, I know. <laughs> me and Lou, no, I mean it. Uh, me and Lou specifically, and you probably as well. Like I've always since st- I started doing comedy, I love doing the non-comedy mics yeah, that yeah, allow yeah. comedy. Because if you can uh. get a little something to stick, it's probably going to do very well mm-hmm. in an actual comedy setting. I did this show when I was in New York City because I was so desperately like searching for stage time. I did a show at the Blue Note, the famous oh wow jazz oh, club, and they're like, it's not an open mic, but it's like a booked thing where people who are jazz piano players or singers from the Broadway shows and stuff like you can come. You got to ask the host ahead of time to do it, but like, you know, it's kind of a mishmash. Everybody does ten minutes, and so they let me go up, and I was like. Are you sure? What? And I was the only comedian on that night. They're like, yeah, sometimes comedians are on. There were no other comedians. It was just like people like, scootoo that, scootoo that, Every time it rains, it rains. Pennies from heaven, you know? And then, and somebody was like talking behind me. And I was like, who's got the big mouth that won't shut up? I turn around, it's Art Garfunkel <laughs> and Liza Minnelli. And then I go up and do jokes and like the piano players just <laughs> waiting. Sitting on the piano? Because they always have a trio there. Yeah, yeah. And they're just How'd on the go? stage watching me. It was it was fine, you know? I was, was going to say, I feel like, like out of any comic to do the Blue Note specifically in like a jazz kind of setting, you would do very well there. You're not going up and like being like, hey, you guys, uh, you guys fucking see Eric Adams this week or whatever? Like <laughs> you write very like tight, good jokes. So I feel like yeah. mathematically, like especially with like jazz and everything else like that makes sense right mm-hmm. yeah i mean there are definitely other comedians that would have been more out of place yeah 
Gallagher. Uh, <laughs> well, especially rest now. In yeah, peace. It's rest the watermelons <laughs> he's not smashing. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I, I fucking. That was really good. That guy sucks. Gallagher, I've only heard shit stories about Gallagher. Dude. I have some respect for even, the dead. No, even in death, people are like, nah, fuck that guy. I have some Gallagher stories. Do you? Please. Bad? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a very respectful man to anybody. No, but that's not his job. True. I true. hate it when people like the b- b- highest compliment you can give someone is like, oh, they're nice. Yeah. Um, and if someone wasn't nice, you're like, fuck them. Fuck all their art. I'm like, I don't give a shit if you're nice. I, <laughs> That's true. I care if you're nice if you're a person in my life that I'm bumping into. Right. But if Steven Spielberg is mean, but he makes good movies. That's it. I go to him for the movies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm not like, dog, well, fucking Steven left a nasty note on my car. He's not my neighbor. I don't care if he's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But if you're a comic, you're like. If he's disrespected you, like he's, uh, uh, what are your stories with him? Well, yeah, if someone's rude to me directly, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. someone, like, there was a big flap because people heard that James Corden was mean to waiters and waitresses. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah, I just, that shit doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, like, okay, well, if people are like trying to cancel, well, he, isn't he leaving anyway? But they're trying to like get him off TV because he was a dickhead. It's like. You better. Everybody well, on TV. I think the I, difference between the two, like him and Ellen specifically, it's like. There's people that are like known for like Charles Grodin, known right. for being a fucking dickhead. Chevy Chase, well, so much of a dickhead that he kind of, yeah, you know. But like Ellen and and um, fucking James Corden, their whole career is that they're nice, right? Oh, uh, that's yeah. a point. That's a good so point. I think to a lot of people when they find out like, oh, this is. This has all been false. Yeah, yeah. It's I, like when we found out Jimmy Fallon was a raging alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, well, see that nobody really cared about that because they're like, that that has nothing to do with his identity. Fits. So when he goes home and he you know drinks and almost rips his finger off from like <laughs> falling down drunk, it's like, yeah, whatever. I will say this though, as a waiter, when I heard that. That was my I live in a red state and I just watched Colin Kaepernick kneel for the first time moment. Like, it <laughs> ruined my day. Yeah. Like, I was seething all day long. Oh, when you look at the guy, you think... Fucking mother... The boy eats. Just yeah. do your job. Get on television and tell your jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway... I can see what you're saying, though. So it, it shows that they're a hypocrite. Right. Yeah. Because they seem... False nice. pretenses. Like, they're, they, they've, they've, like, their personality is under false pretenses, you know? Okay. Like they're not that you're not that person. That's true. All right, you changed my mind. One eighty. <laughs> but then if you found out Mike Tyson was a really good tipper, it wouldn't make your day, would it? I guess maybe it would. I mean, as like as someone who serves tables and bartends, it's always the people you least like. I hate to say it, Republicans kind of tip the best. <laughs> they like tip very well every yeah. single time I've had to serve like a Republican like politician or like but they're doing that for whatever. their own satisfaction i i served a bunch of like hillary staffers when i was living in la they tipped 10 percent. so wow it kind of just the worst people sometimes tip the best well, I, that, I don't know if that's anyone that works a blue collar job generally tips that's well. absolutely they true because well. yeah, they know yeah. what it's like mm. yeah the democrats yeah. are like it's your fault you're in this shitty job yeah. yeah maybe this lack of a tip will inspire you to reevaluate. well i know a lot of republicans too are just like ah i should you know like i don't believe in tipping i tip i tip very well but i don't believe in tipping <laughs> and it's just like that's fine it's not i'm not 
I'm not going to try to do that math. No. They also don't believe in God, but they go to church every fucking Sunday. So the Republicans are like, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah, they, wait, so wait, can we, can we, are we allowed to hear one of these Gallagher stories? Yeah. Now that he's dead. No, <laughs> uh, I killed him. <laughs> so I was in Portland at, um, what was that? Uh, comedy festival that in Portland, oh. Bridgetown. Yeah. Bridgetown. And Gallagher was there. But he wasn't doing any shows, and he was only doing, like, one podcast. And I think it was because he knew. He's like, everybody hates me. You just want to see me fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll go here and do this to do this one podcast, but I'm not even happy about that. And so I had heard he was in town. There was a buzz. And I was. it was nighttime, and I was walking from one show to another. And I saw him standing on the corner by himself. <laughs> nighttime, Portland. Uh, and I did, I, I knew I was going to say something, but I didn't know what to say. Cause I didn't want to say like, oh, I'm a big fan cause I'm <laughs> not a big fan. But at the same time I watched Gallagher when I was a kid, I thought he was hilarious. I have respect for him. And so I was like, ah, I don't know what to say, but I don't want to say like, uh, I got respect for you. So anyways, <laughs> I walked up to him and I said, hi, uh, Mr. Gallagher. Sorry to bother you. I just want to say big fan. And he goes, oh, thank you very much. And then he gives me this. Very significant look, like, like the, very like a. Hmm. <laughs> I don't I don't know why he's giving me the look, and then I said, "So what are you doing standing here on a street corner?" And he goes, "Oh, nothing. Just waiting for someone to walk up and offer me drugs." And then he gives me the look. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I don't have any drugs." And he goes, "Well, that's okay. You c- you can stand here and talk to me until someone comes up with drugs." And I said, "Okay." And uh, he goes, so what are you working on? And I said, what? And he goes, working on, you're a comedian, so you're working on new material, right? So what are you working on? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm working on some new jokes. And he goes, all right, well, tell me a new joke you're working on, and I'll help you fix it. I'll make it better for you. Holy shit. And so I was like, uh, okay. And I can't exactly remember the joke, but it was a joke. It was about fashion it was about gq and i think it was about how like i saw john ham wear a fedora in gq and i was like that fedora looks good and then i put it put it on and it looks bad right and i was like oh it's not the fedora <laughs> you know i was like half of fashion is looking good and then you just put whatever goofy clothes you want yeah. on this person it was something like that and he said cut the premise <laughs> he said at the beginning you sort of set up the concept of the joke which is that 50% of fashion is the person. And so no matter what clothes you wear, it won't you won't look as good as the person in the magazine. Then he said, you're saying that premise because you want people to understand the joke. But it's not a hard joke to understand. And by setting the premise up at the beginning, you're deflating the power of the punchline at the end, which isn't a very strong punchline to begin with. And you need <laughs> all the power you can get from it. And he said, so that's my advice. Cut the first 30 seconds. And I said, oh, that's really good advice. And he goes, holy shit. Yeah. I'm good at comedy. All these other comedians <laughs> fucking suck. They don't know what they're doing. They stink. I'm hilarious. They're not. They tell these jokes. They're not funny jokes. Here's a funny joke. If Spider-Man was really like a spider, the webs would come out of his butt. <laughs> That's a good joke. These kids don't know what they're doing. And then a guy walked up to him and he goes, oh, Gallagher, you want some weed? And Gallagher goes, yes, I do. <laughs> and that's when I left him. Damn. Holy that's shit. That's like folklore. <laughs> Holy shit. So he like so people will just offer him he knows that's gonna happen eventually. Yeah. He like, lives the life where like if I just stand here long enough, 
the thing I want to have happen will happen. What a way to live your life. Are you Roth rocking us right now? Are you no, telling us a tall tale? This is What's that's Rothrock? an amazing story. I, I tell lies. I lie to them. <laughs> I tell like, catch your catch me if you can, dude. No, like I'll say like a like a story that's not true, and then it'll, I'll get their goats a little bit, and then I tell them. You're like one time this girl I saw this girl's boobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. later they're like, did that yeah. really happen? You go. No. One time Steve Harvey helped me with my joke. <laughs> that's <laughs> no. incredible, though. I, I mean, imagine the weight of being Gallagher, though, mm, because uh-huh. like. I'm sure I've never actually seen him that do comedy. Sounds like a book that he would write. Yeah, the <laughs> but I mean, like, the autobiography spelled W A I T. Think about it, because when people see Gallagher, because like what you said, nobody's truly like Gallagher. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. People are like, "Holy shit, it's fucking Gallagher!" Uh-huh. So yeah. you wake up every day. It's like the carrot top thing, as like a novelty, and no one truly in your field truly respects your craft mm-hmm. but it is how you make a living so you must do it every day and then as it turns out he's actually like he's actually is good at it yeah you know like his insight is extremely good well, I, saw, I saw carrot top in vegas <laughs> under those pretenses i hear he's fucking he's great. fucking phenomenal he's unbelievable i heard that like and like not per- like hacky bullshit either like really good jokes well if he's <laughs> performing five days a week in vegas you'd have to get i guess good. you would get good yeah, yeah. you're good you're gonna be good well, there's a ga- so Northampton. You know the gin mill in Northampton, the gin mill like bar. I don't. It's some like kind of like divey bar, but ga- they booked Gallagher and Chris Freed is somebody we know was opening, and Gallagher was like smoking like weed all day. So he got there. The show was supposed to start at eight. Doors open at six. Gallagher was doing his like uh, sound check at like five thirty as people were coming in. So he's thinking that's the show, or in his crazy mind at the time. Does his whole act is done by like six oh five, six thirty, and leaves for the he's done now. <laughs> what? So then now the whole crowd sold out show. Oh man. Like two hundred people come at eight or by eight and Gallagher's gone. His he left his shoes, <laughs> his, but he's gone. He's like halfway back to his home. So Chris is like they made like but all his props and shit, like there's like fruit still there. And people are are showing up in like uh, ponchos. Shut like, the right, fuck up! Yeah. No way. Uh, so Chris Freed and Andy Malfrino were like, they, they just made them do Gallagher. So shut the fuck up! They were no just way. breaking shit and throwing shit at the crowd, and they just <laughs> did it. That was so it, effectively. Gallagher opened up for Chris Freed being Gallagher. Holy shit! Yeah. Was the crowd angry? Uh, extremely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> extremely angry. And they were throwing oh, things man. back at Chris. It was like a whole fiasco. They ended up all having a good time because rarely do you get to... If you're going to a Gallagher show, you're going to get hit by fruits. Rarely are you then encouraged to throw them back at not whoever is replacing Gallagher. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So. Gallagher is one of the only live Jeez. shows, though, where you could kind of pull that off. Yeah. Like, it's not like Elton John wraps up at like six, and then you're like, well, I guess I'm doing <laughs> piano... Or not piano, <laughs> Tiny yeah, Dancer tiny, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. No, I mean... I. Man, imagine showing up in a poncho and not being able to use the poncho. Uh, I don't know. You have to like save it for like an actual rainy day. It's like, no, this is not a rainy day poncho. This is getting. This is a Gallagher poncho. This is a watermelon. I want poncho. to be covered in the pulp of different fruits. Doesn't he? he it's not just watermelons. No, he's got different fruits. He goes it's a whole produce. It's not section. just watermelons, man. It's not a one. Uh, open up your eye. Open up your mind, else. dude. I don't think I've ever seen a Gallagher special. I think I saw. Does, doesn't he do one where he's like on a big couch? Yep. <laughs> yep. So you watched that when you were a kid? Yeah. 
Yeah, they used to have him on VH1. Really? I've never seen any of it. Is it bits or is he just breaking shit? He does a mix of things. Like he'll come out on roller skates. It's a whole kind of, <laughs> it's almost like a one man show type thing. Yeah. Like he comes out on roller skates. He's got some jokes. He's got some props. Um, they're, they're good. Yeah. He's yeah. a man of many hats or was a man of many hats. Yeah. yeah. Hard hats. Yeah. I'm sorry. Come on. I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, you, then you you got in a stand up in Philly. Then you were in, while you were in college, or did you, it was it? Yeah. So I wanted to go to art school, and my dad said, "There's no way you're not going to art school. It's a waste of money." Mm-hmm. And my mom knew she's like, "He should go to art school," and she was trying to figure out how to convince my dad. Afterwards, she told me she's like, "I knew you should go to art school. I knew I had to convince your dad." But I knew I had to do like the, a soft sell or he'd dig his heels in even more. And she said, so all I said was that night, <laughs> we're in bed, the lights go off, and I say to your dad, I go, I'm not, I'm only going to say one thing. If you don't let him go to art school, he'll never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> what the, the soft sell? Fucking what perfect. was the hard sell? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I kill will kill. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he was like, all right, you can go to art school. But you got to go to Tyler School of Art because it was a part of Temple. And they would have you do, um, they had you do like English and math and stuff like that. And you get a Temple degree too, right? At Tyler. I guess so. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. Um, but so then I went there and I instantly tested out of everything. They're like, oh, you've taken algebra? Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't have to do any of this. So it was basically just going to normal art school. And uh, yeah, I went to Tyler School of Art in Philly. And uh, it was great. I really Graphic enjoyed design? It. Yeah, I went for design, painting. I had a similar experience to your um, guitar teacher experience with painting. Mm-hmm. I was painting and all my painting teachers were like, <laughs> you should... You should really not. Is this abstract? (laughs) Like, no, no. I was meaning for this to be accurate. No, so my stuff was not abstract at all. It was totally literal, completely figurative, and it was all. It was just. It was the same stuff I do now. I was like, it'd be like Santa fighting a polar bear, or um, (laughs) weird shit. I did a Die Hard, Nutcracker mashup. it was that actual nutcracker, like you, yeah, the nutcracker. Yeah. So the story of the nutcracker and the story. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, yeah. mashed yeah. those up. That's the kind of stuff I was painting, and all my painting teachers were like, "This is not painting. <laughs> you should not." But now you're like, "Look at me now, motherfuckers! I'm doing a diehard book." Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And then uh, when the stand-up start while you're at Tyler? No. So afterwards, I was doing book design in Philly, and I was bored, and I either wanted to try lounge singing, or stand-up. And I heard that there was a comedy club in Philly and they had open mics and jazz clubs don't have, you can't just go and, you know. Yeah. And so I went and did the open mic and that's when that's I started That's why you're not singing up. right now. Yeah, that's right. Damn. Could have been different. If there was jazz open mics, you could be. I know. I have something really embarrassing I wanted to admit. I was thinking about this earlier. When I first started in 2010, Doogie also in Philly, at that point, if you... Like, you were doing the Ministry of Jokes, Oh, yeah, the right? Ministry of Secret Jokes. Secret Jokes, that's right. And me and Tom Brink, and to some extent you, because you hadn't dropped out of school yet, like, we'd go to the Comedy Cabaret, because the rest of Philly was so intimidating, for whatever reason. Uh, it was still, like, a really small scene. There was only a couple open mics. And Helium wasn't in town yet, right? No, it was, okay. but, like... 
it yeah, was back then people weren't doing difficult. comedy the people that were doing comedy were like weirdos or old men or shit now people yeah. do it they're like oh this is a job you mm-hmm. know yeah it's very different but i wanted to go to the ministry of secret jokes but i i was like is this a, like am i allowed to go <laughs> <laughs> like i literally thought that i was just like i might this might be like an insider comedy thing. I don't know if like I'm allowed there. Yet. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That I was, was like your... legitimately. I never went. I wanted to. I just never went. That was the impression I was trying to cultivate. I actually all you nailed the, it at the early <laughs> shows. I would have a password. I had a doorman. I had Joey Doherty was the doorman. And he, would, <laughs> he would wear a tuxedo. The most intimidating of exactly. people to yeah. be a doorman. Yeah, also, ten years ago, Joey Doherty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't know him, he's a super tiny guy, and he's like. 15 years younger than any of us and he would wait at the door and he'd ask people what the password was and he wouldn't let them in (laughs) but i told him i said ask the password and whatever they say let them in so that's pretend like that's the password so if they're like rhubarb you're like or if they're like what's the password what do you mean password you still let them in yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um but yeah we tried to cultivate that error so i'm glad it it worked it did work but i'm sorry i didn't get to come to the show i remember being outside the comedy cabaret with John Kensel, I think Simply D. Oh, my God. Simply D. There was a couple. I'm forgetting who else, but I was talking specifically to John Kensel. What do we got in the fridge? Some purple stuff, Simply (laughs) D. (laughs) (laughs) But I was, uh, I think me and Tom were asking him, like, how do you get up at Helium? Like, what are the open mics that aren't here? Like, what should we do? And he was... John Kensel, the fucking absolute oh, best. John's the best. Yeah. So he's going through he's everything. The greatest dude. That, guy that so was the funny. same night he invited me and Tom to like they do a Thanksgiving yeah, dinner yeah, with I like all invited. the comics. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Paul Tompkins will be there and like Dom Irera and shit. And me and Tom were like, I can't fucking go to that. It's so <laughs> fun. But yeah, he was telling me like telling us how to get up at Helium and stuff. And I was just like, Do you know the the Ministry of Secret Jokes? He's like, Yeah, it's Dookie Horner show. I was like. Is Do you know like, the password? Is it like cool to go? He's like, yeah, yeah. It's not an open mic. It's a book show. I'm like, yeah, all right. Just forget I said anything. <laughs> he did a character there, the Invisible Comedian, one time, where he had a uh, hat on fishing wire that was over the microphone, <laughs> and he did his act from off stage, and he just had the hat <laughs> on the microphone. Dude, and he was, that's that guy. I, the, he Wisecrackers was in Allentown when I first started, and he would like drive with. Like he would be Wid's like uh, feature and um, chauffeur, chauffeur, and like I hosted for them, and it was like the funnest night of my entire life. Because like Wid, if you guys you've seen Wid, right? It's, I've met Wid, but I've never it's, seen it's him. It's such a it's an insanely great show. That's yeah, that's so what good. I heard. And uh, Kensel's also great, but like you're doing like the show and Wid's all Wid's stuff is there, but you can't really mention it. Because he's gonna mention it, he, like, you know. Do <laughs> yeah. so you have to open while there's just a bunch of there's shit just on everything stage you and not the, mention anything? Yeah, well, That's you can awesome. mention it, but people are like, because they they don't. I don't know if people will come out to see him like name recognition, but and then and then you'll see the crowd like wondering why are all these things here, you know? And then you got to kind of like say, well, this That's is what's for smart later. about going by the legendary Wid. Mm. Because even if you don't know what you're getting into, you show up and there's just a bunch of shit on the stage. You're like, <laughs> yeah. all right, I'm in. Yeah, There's something legendary about this man. I'm not here to ask questions. I'm just here to enjoy whatever is about to happen. Yeah. Last night I did one of the more uh, uncomfortable. It was uh, one of those couples resorts. Oh, dude, I saw that. You were at Pocono Palace. Yeah, it's a it swingers was resort. weird, yeah. man. I don't know if it's a swingers resort. It was all... Co- it's basically like a cruise ship on land. Yeah. 
It was odd. My that's the one my ex girlfriend for my twenty seventh, twenty sixth or twenty seventh birthday. Oh, she took you up there. She took me up there just to like be in the woods. She didn't understand it was like a swingers resort. <laughs> and it was in June, so there wasn't yeah. a ton of people there. And fucking real bizarre. Super bizarre. Um, they have like I don't know if you went into like the they have rooms? like a gymnasium. No. Where you can play like I didn't go off campus. Whatever, but they have like a children's like claw machine where you can get like stuffed animals and directly next to it is a claw machine for like dildos and cock rings <laughs> and yes. stuff like that. Directly next. I bet you cock rings are the easiest thing to get out of a claw machine. Not if they're in a box. Not if they're in a box, pal. Dildos are probably easy as hell. You don't want to lose cock ring. A dildo is easier to get out of a claw machine than like a, t- like a fucking teddy bear. I gotta imagine. I don't know. Well, you were there. Did you not partake? I, I do regret every day. Not doing it. Not throwing a buck in there and just <laughs> testing my luck. Hell yeah. But where you were performing, the picture you, you had you posted, there's like a there's like this weird like auditorium by the bar there. Um, how would you even explain that? It's such a bizarre configuration for that room because yeah, it's like I, it's almost a theater. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like not, it's 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 eerie. It, I'd say that's what I would say. It's eerie. It makes me uncomfortable. It made me sad. And it, you know, but there was no live entertainment. Wait, what when specifically we was eerie about? it? I can't put my finger. Like it was just the vibe itself was like. It's, it's a fun show. The fact that all the seats were made out of molded plastic <laughs> yeah, so they could yeah, easily yeah. hose down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was, was the weird part when they hosed masks. down the crowd after the show. <laughs> I know. I just can't. I think what it was was the people there are like a little. I don't know. Because have you ever done like a cruise ship? Mm-mm. Like I've heard, I've never done it, but like they're forced to do it. Like there's limited options. Yeah. So the crowd didn't pay to see you. They're just there. Right, right. And they need a so break. Like they're taking a break <laughs> from having sex with other couples yeah, to go to yeah. the comedy. Or show. that's where they're trying to go meet another couple, right? Yeah. So you're kind of in the way of that a little bit, you know. And you're like talking about your your you know carefully crafted bits. Like shut up. Let me fuck the women, the the couple over there. We're looking at, we want to do that. So that's kind Casinos of Casinos have that vibe a little bit mm-hmm. where people go because they're like, well, I what am I going to do? Yeah, lose, lose more money? Yeah. Well, casinos will even give you free tickets if you're losing yeah. enough money. Yeah. Those are the greatest crowds. <laughs> the ones that are mad that they All just the lost their money. <laughs> so I guess I'll watch this fat kid from Pennsylvania do stand-up. And then uh, I go. Well, when I was at the Pocono Palace Resort, me and my ex, and I think there was one other couple like at the other end of the bar. Um, nobody else there. And they had a screen where the stage was. And they were playing Maroon 5 Live in Brazil from a YouTube channel. And they didn't do full screen. So you, you just saw <laughs> Safari yeah. really and Maroon 5 Live in Brazil. Nice. They're pulling out all the stuff. What a pull. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what a... I don't know who was in charge, but they're like, but we're in five tonight. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, so the legendary Wit is a prop comedian for the for people listening that for some reason don't know. So, and he has like huge crates of all these different props. Like he'll hold up a stuffed lion and he'll go, I'm not lying. He'll hold up two of them. He'll go, hey, I've got my pride. Um, yeah. He'll put a donkey on the line. And he'll go, hey, I'm putting my ass on the line. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But he does it all. And you're like, that's not funny. But he tells one joke a second. Yeah. So if you don't like that one, here another comes another. If you don't like that one, here comes another. So he gets the same laughs per minute yeah, as anybody. Any... It'd be even higher, in fact, you know. So, but anyway, so he's all prop comedy, and I did a show with him and John 
uh, this one time and I got to the show and Wid was somewhere else, but I saw John. I said, John, how are you doing? And he said, Doogie, awful. Uh, Wid and I performed at the state fair yesterday. We're outside. We're in a tent. We're right next to the monster trucks. So Gravedigger is idling next to me. I'm breathing all these fumes. They're revving. They're so loud. Nobody can hear a word I'm saying. It was awful. So he leaves, and then Wid comes into the green room, and I say, Wid, how are you doing? And he goes, fantastic. We did the state fair yesterday. We were right next to the monster trucks. Nobody could hear a word I was saying. I just held shit up. (laughs) (laughs) It's free money. Free money. (laughs) I didn't even have to do my act. God, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, he lives up to the name. Legendary Wid. He definitely does. When we did that Allentown show, they had to leave for Myrtle Beach uh, the next day. And I just couldn't stop laughing at the fact them driving down 95 with all of those things in the car. Like, it's just like, because Cancel had like a sedan. Like, it wasn't like a big ass car. Oh, usually he has a pickup truck. Really? I, he pulled in with a sedan that day. I'm like, how are you going to put it all in there? Look, I don't want this to happen, but it'd be so cool if the way they died was on the way to a gig. <laughs> they got rammed by a tractor trailer and the car just exploded and all these props. <laughs> like, and like, cops would be like. Alf dolls and like Garfield mugs <laughs> just litter the fuck. Never yeah. seen anything like this. The rookie's throwing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you picked one hell of a day to start, son. <laughs> Pick the wrong day to, day to stop sniffing glue. Uh, I do. I hate to be, not on hate it, but, you know, I, I have a tendency to get romantic about stand-up. And I was at Helium two weeks ago, and um, Toure was on the show. And if you guys um, don't you know. You guys who, started kissing. If you don't know who Toure is. <laughs> it's it's a little candle and we got. Toure is this six-foot black guy who looks like the most intimidating person in the entire world. Uh-huh. And Wid six showed up. Six foot is not. That's no, no, no. He's like, si- he's like six four. He's like six four, six five. He's huge. And he's then, so intimidating. He's like six foot tall, yeah, yeah. slightly <laughs> above the medium range of most men. Yeah, that, that, that makes you sound racist, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude you're not gonna believe it. I saw this five eleven black guy. He's it's like, dude, dude, one of the scariest dudes I've ever seen. I meant seven. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. No, nah, nah, I don't want to tell the story anymore. <laughs> Hotel. Dude, I was hoping you were going to say Wid Wid came in and they they both looked at each other and they were so thrilled to see each other. Uh-huh. It was just a nice. Oh yeah, that's that's pretty. Nice yeah. I think that's most of what I miss about the comedy cabaret because like going there every now and then and just being able to see everybody. Yeah, was always nice. I guess that. I don't. Did you ever do the comedy cabaret? I was there a couple times, but I. have figured out pretty quickly i was like this is not my place <laughs> see these people will not like me <laughs> the same way we went i went to the laugh house I, I performed at the laugh house twice and i was you know it, the instant i stepped on stage at the laugh house i could hear from the audience everybody going uh-uh no yeah. and i was like nope you're right yep. i'll leave and that was the bouncer when you were walking in <laughs> <laughs> I opened for Two Ray one time at Helium, and it was an all-black crowd. And I step on stage, and I hear that, and I just bombed my face off because I'm like, I'm nerdy, I'm low-key, I'm everything they don't want. You know, they're like, we paid to come to this show, right? Give us a show, and I'm like, you know, you know, just not not what they wanted at all. So I'm fucking bombing, and um. 
the manager came back and he's like, two rays late. So you're going to have to stretch. <laughs> so I was supposed to do, you know, like 10, 15 minutes or something like that. I ended up doing 25. The manager says to me, he gives me a sign from the back of the room. He's like, two rays here. So I introduce him. I go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you know, two ray. And he doesn't come out. And I look in the audience. He's in the audience. <laughs> He's eating pound cake <laughs> that he brought in. And he looks at me like, oh, like mad at me. Like, you fucking idiot. What are you doing? And yeah. I'm like, we were waiting for you to come in. Why didn't you just come back to the... So I got to do some more time. Oh, he says no. This no is he's not in, yet. Well, he's in the audience. He's like yeah. in the back of the room. He can't come up. So I go, I do more time. He's mad. He's like, duh. So I do more time, like another five minutes or something like that. <laughs> bombing so bad the whole time. I introduce him again. He once again doesn't come out. <laughs> I open the green room door. He's back in the green room just talking to somebody. And I go, hey, you're up. <laughs> I do like another minute or two. I introduce him. He goes up. First thing he does, shits all over me, makes fun of me, crushes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's been dead silence the whole time I'm on stage. Everybody hates me. What did he, he say up. about you? You remember? I don't know. He didn't even have to say anything funny. He was just like, boy, this guy stinks, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I end up doing like an hour stalling for him. <laughs> As he he's eating pound cake. Makes fun of me, crushes. But the, <sighs> do you hold it against him? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the first time. Yeah, it's comedy, it's, man. Yeah, it's stand-up, baby. This is the we're dead inside, as you said. You all right? Also, I think those are the rules. Like, if someone before you bombs, you're supposed it's, to. Make it's it's open of them. season. Yeah, I remember. I, I mean, did. it depends on the level <laughs> of. Like it, like that makes sense in like a two-ray crowd and having Doogie open. Yeah. Totally get it. That happened to me. I was at like an all black crowd, yeah. and the the dude before me was a white guy, and he bombed so bad. And like, he bombed so bad that it, it was fun for the crowd. Like, they were loving it, right? So, <laughs> he got. What made it worse was the comic got so upset, and he like st stormed. Like he got done. He like didn't even wait for the host to come back up on stage. He stormed out and he, and then he, he like ran out the building and slammed the door and left. And so the <laughs> That's crowd's my like, favorite Fuck type yes. of comedian. Oh, by we broke him. You can hear the door slam coming from yeah. down the hallway. Yep. And then uh, the host is on stage and he's just eating it up. And then I'm next. So the guy's like, all right, you guys ready for your next white motherfucker? <laughs> he brings me up. Oh man. How'd you do, how'd you it do? was it was because I was like all right it, it went good because I was like the first twenty seconds just be confident and do your best bit there make them laugh right away just don't show any weakness yeah be and funny. then they, you you they're on your side everybody's yeah. on your side so it went fine but dude it shook him up so bad he was like in the parking lot pacing that like, is my favorite yeah. type of comedian when I hear stories about comedians not doing well or like. The type of comedian that gets angry mm -hmm. and flips out. Yeah, chefs. I can't imagine ever bombing and then being mad. I, I mean, I have I mean, early on. My no, early but on. I mean, like, because I think we've all heard some stories about uh, certain people in in Philadelphia, maybe New York. I don't know anywhere, but yeah. something doesn't go as well as they planned, and then they maybe 
We'll Are you talking about, about me? <laughs> I'm talk off there. We'll talk off there. Stories. Yeah, tell them now. <laughs> Lisa Lampanelli, let's <laughs> spill the dirt. Do you? Where? What would you say? Because it's kind of fun. Like, like we, you were like kind of the established comic when we were like coming yeah. up. So, what what time period or like what like show or hang do you look back on of those days, like the early, like the Philly days, where you're like, damn, that was fucking, that was it. That was so fun. The Ministry of Secret Jokes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the most fun show because put a lot of effort into it. And it's when we've been doing comedy long enough that we were pretty good at comedy, but we were still new enough that I could ask people to do things like, hey, when you come do the show, wear a suit. Mm -hmm. And people go, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. if I ask my friends now, I'm like, come do the so show and wear a suit. They go, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, no. Secondly, I'm going to another show. I got a show before. I got a show after. Yeah. Wear a suit. What do you, you know, and people would actually do it. And we put all this effort into doing these weird sketches and weird skits and things like that. And we put really like a lot of effort into it. And then we were also young enough that we'd do the show. That was fun. And then afterwards, we'd get hammered. We'd mm -hmm. party. <laughs> and then we'd, everyone would stay. And then sometimes we'd even do like another show. Really? It would just kind of happen. Like Mayo would just get on the microphone. <laughs> oh, shit. And Steve would get on the piano. And another show would just kind of like happen. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, oh, that's I've been, awesome. we've been doing stand up long enough that we still enjoy it, but it's not a novelty. Mm -hmm. You do your set. You're like, all right, that was good. Good night. I'm leaving. You don't stick around and get bombed. Yeah, afterwards, it's not. Yeah. You know, so it was the perfect age, yeah. you know, and it was the perfect amount of time in. That's Steve Gerben. Steve Gerben was there. Brendan Kennedy, Pat Barker, oh. Chip Chantry, Joey Doc, Pat House. That was a great David crew. James. Back that was like like, my, like when I first I, the first time I did stand up was at Helium. That was like the the booked part of the mic was those like it was Gerben, Herzog, uh, Barker, um, Conrad Roth. Oh, yeah. yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah, I remember when we was starting. I don't. I feel like when we all started in Philly, it was such like a unique time too, because like you had Doogie, a Chip, um, um, who else? Like Chris Cotton, Gerben, Gerben, yeah, McKeever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. McKeever, absolutely. Um, yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. But like, it was still a pretty. I wouldn't say a young Luke scene, Cunningham. But like, Luke Cunningham. That's a, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But. It Luke was Giordano. Don't forget Luke, Luke Giordano. Giordano. Yeah. Because I think there was only like, fuck. I'm trying to think. There was Noche. There's Helium. There's Raven. Doctor Die. Was that around when you started? I, I don't know. I've never I even think heard so. of that. What is it called? Doctor Die was the first comedy show in Philly I knew that was like an alternative comedy show where they would do weird stuff, like they do strange skits or weird characters or things like that. Well, the the and Don Montre ran it, and it was at the Kyber back when the Kyber oh, was shit. a music venue. And yeah, this was definitely before Joe Pub. That was definitely before my time because I think like I remember Saloon. seeing like ministry like as much as like I was intimidated to go, but I was like, oh, there's actual cool stuff happening in Philadelphia. Is that at like, Kyber? Thoughtful. 
Uh, no, upstairs at Fergie's. The ministry was upstairs at oh. Fergie's. It's which also I didn't realize what Fergie's was, and then like years later when I put it together, I'm like, oh, ministry. Oh, this is where Ministry of Secret Jokes was. I like, literally <laughs> thought it was gonna be like, damn, I didn't in a know secret that. location or something. I like, wish I it could have been. I was like, we should do it at a Freemasons. <laughs> 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 no, like that's the thing. Like you look back because I was I just saw like Kevin Ryan and um, Foley. Yeah. The other night at they they did are you garbage in at helium, and like when I first moved to New York, those were the guys that like we were in the village like barking together and like fucking ten degree nights snowing and you're like this is miserable. But was now you're Kevin like, living. I don't think even Kevin was living. Kevin was point, coming. Was from, still, I think he was coming from Philly. Yeah, because he lived. He would come to Puck. Well, no, every because Tuesday. Cotton, Kevin, Reggie, yeah. fully lived there, but. Foley moved to New York. Monroe, they would all like pile in a car almost every night and yeah. just come to the village. And then my dumbass like lived there, so uh, <laughs> I would like bark and shit. And like we hate, we hated it in the moment, but now you're like, oh, that was fucking, that was fun. You didn't have any, con- you're just out all night. Your only worry was if people were gonna get into, like, walk into your show. Yeah, and just go home. I should have listened to you. By the way, I remember doing a show at Underground Arts. It was you, Tommy Pope, and a couple other people. I told I for- you to quit, and you didn't. No, I forget what the show was. <laughs> it, it was a late-night show. Wait, who the fuck hosted that? Do you remember that there was a guy who did a late-night show? It was a comic, and I have not thought about him in years. I think he disappeared. But he would do like a show at Underground Arts. and he had, Jay like, Leno? Desk. Yes, that's <laughs> it. Um, but I did it, and I remember talking to you. And I was just like, yeah, I think I'm thinking about moving to New York, or I was about to move to New York. And you're like, why? I was like, I don't know, just to like get better. You're like, you should wait. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just want to move to New York. And then I got there. I'm like, oh, I should, I should have a job probably lined up. This is a very expensive city. Uh, then you went to L.A. Dude, I have a great track record of moving to cities for a small amount of time. But now How you're long were you in New York City? I was in New York for probably seven, six, seven months. Never had a job. I would drive back to New Hope, work for a rich gay dude I know. So I'd move his cars so that his partner wouldn't find them because he would buy cars with his partner's money. So I'd drive him to like North Plainfield. He'd write me a check for $500, which would cover my rent. And then I would sell hardcore records and shirts on eBay, and that would be my <laughs> beer money. And I, saw, I sustained that for seven months, which I will say. It's pretty impressive. It's pretty, pretty impressive, yeah. Um, I probably told you to wait because I feel like New York City, it's just a hard city to just yeah. live in. I'd only been doing mm-hmm. comedy like maybe two years. And too. then you're trying to do comedy too, and you're not in a good mindset because you're yeah. like, I just moved to New York. It's crowded. I got a lot of roommates. It's ex- you just you know like yeah. getting used to the city even. Is yeah, hard. I yeah. noticed that because uh, I moved because like I was here and then like you kind of like not that you outgrow it, but there's like not you want to like kind of expand. Like, yeah, you want to try new shit. Yeah, yeah. So I moved and and then pretty soon after Tommy Pope moved and uh, but he had like already done Montreal. He had already done these things and he had just like a way easier time. Yeah, getting yeah. in the scene yeah. where I'm like, you know, I had been there for like eight months and I'm still doing bucket mics going last. Sometimes they don't even call me. And then, uh, you know, he's like doing uh, cabin right away and shit like that. So I was like, oh, you should like move to New York. And I hate to use this word, but like with heat or whatever yeah, they say. It does like make a lot of sense. Yeah. He came to 
Yeah, Tommy fucking rules. He came to, I was doing Eli Uden's show in at the Charleston, which I don't even know is still around in Williamsburg, and he I think had just moved up, and I he was I I, I told him about it, and I was just like, if you want to come do the show, you're more than welcome. Like Eli said, he'd put you up, and he showed up, and he's just like got a beer. I was like, do you want to get on? He's like, no, nah, I just figured I'd come watch. Yeah, he, yeah. he literally just came to the show and like hung out and watched. Yeah. Tommy I, doesn't love doing stand up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was right after he got Just for Laughs, too. So he was like, I think he was doing something at Caroline's or something like that. He had a deer prom? Yeah, deer prom. Yeah. And, um, but it was funny because it hit me then, like, at that moment, I was like, oh, that's like you moved to New York with enough heat that you can just like, like, I'm not gonna fucking do stand up tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out and drink beers with I like, my butts. What I like about our podcast is we we talk about other people's careers and how cool <laughs> cool it would be if those were our own. You know, look, we're in a we're in a nice we're heat. It's heat. It's nicer. We have a space heater. Up. There's no heat. One day we'll have. I'm also kind of offended. You guys think that you could just make a fire at a scratch right now if you had to without a lighter. Uh, I'll give you a lighter. Yeah. With a lighter, yeah. What size wood do I have? You got to find your own wood. You got, you're in the woods. Plenty of it. You just got to figure out how to get it. You have a lighter. Can you make a fire? Yeah, right. it's harder than you think. It's got to be dry wood. That's the thing. Yeah. If I could find like a starter log tree, I feel like... <laughs> <I could. laughs> Wait, you're going to burn the whole tree? Very elusive. <laughs> That's the problem with Australia. That Those whole wild, wildfires? Yeah. They're all starter logs. That's the, I think the hardest part about survival is making the fire. If I could find an old Christmas tree in a can of gasoline, <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel like I could do it. <laughs> or an old car to burn. <laughs> an old Tesla. car? Yeah, it's a car. Cars burn good. If they you just, do? Yeah, cars, cars are like, like kindling. Is yeah. that what happened to Jay Leno? <laughs> yeah, he was trying to start a fire. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just trying to get warm. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's so fucking cold in here. I got all God. these cars. <laughs> Well, That's what happens when you get the Teslas wet with a little bit of salt water because of the lithium batteries, like the chemical. Uh, did he get burned the in two, a, They just shh. he got burned in a Tesla. They uh, said it was a gasoline uh, fire, yeah. but I, I heard he's burned bad too. Like he's got real bad burns. Yeah, I think they fucked up his ha- uh, his hands. I, and I hear his voice. His, now his voice isn't, isn't, yeah. isn't have that he same. He doesn't have a lisp anymore. No. <laughs> he's he trying to suck the so fire off. Talk <laughs> they were saying how he was going around to like kids in the unit and like giving them prizes or like toys or whatever. Prizes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's malignant. Congratulations. <laughs> and they were like, it's like the kids would be like, man, that I feel so bad for him. His voice got messed up in that fire. <laughs> I love the idea of Jay Leto being in a children's hospital. <laughs> they think he's a clown. <laughs> Or just the idea of him being like badly burned yeah. and trying to do good. He's just like, hey, kids. They're like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? Like just a badly burned Jay yeah. Leto. <laughs> oh, dude. Are you, you, are you, are you all right today? Yeah, I'm solid. <laughs> do, do you think he was wearing all denim when it happened? Why, but, why, does, why do you guys keep asking Lou if he's all right? Yeah, it's kind of freaking me out. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while. Does he not usually look like this or something? No, yeah. he does. I, I just, didn't shower today. That yeah, yeah. He's just a little tired. A little tired. Look fine to me. Um, yeah, he was definitely wearing all denim. I now, Jay Leno can him. survive in the woods. That boy can survive in the woods. He's got denim. Denim on denim, that, that's like... He's going to stay warm. That's a uniform to, to, to do good in the woods. I don't believe 
Did we talk about this last time? That you know how they say like Jay Leno never touched his Tonight Show money. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a farce? I think that's a lie. Because I know he was making money. Was he giving you his Tonight Show money to move his car? So it was <laughs> I know for a fact. <laughs> no, but like think about it mathematically. Like what was he like? Uh, I'm sure he makes a good amount of money as you on said the road. Think mathematically. I was like, I'll talk yeah. to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to, but it's very hard for me to think mathematically. No, because like, can we re- consider it poetically instead? Yeah, <laughs> poetically. All right, abstractly. Yeah. Think about him. Like he would do. Uh, he was doing the Tonight Show full time, and he would do the road on breaks. Right. I'm sure he's making a lot of money per show, but is he making enough money to buy a yeah. hundred cars every single year? Yeah, yeah. there's hard no to believe. way. There's no way. Mean. It's hard to believe because I'm sure he's getting like a, a couple hundred thousand a show or whatever when you're Jay Leno. But he, he might be giving the cars for ca- free. They're nice cars. How many cars could he possibly get with that much money? You know. Mm-hmm. I heard Louis tell a story about Jay Leno recently where he said Jay Leno had a, a motorcycle that had a jet engine on the back. It was like a jet <laughs> motorcycle. And he said one time he was in traffic and he, he revved it and the jet melted the front of somebody's car <laughs> that was behind him, like an expensive sports car, and he had to pay the guy for it. Dude, that's when you know you have the real money. Is when you could just rev your jet engine in traffic. Melt someone's car and you're yeah, like, like, sorry. I just wanted to do that because it would it. be fun. <laughs> that's good for, good for imagine him. Imagine being Jay Leno. It's just like all you have. You just want to get away, so you just keep buying more and more cars. Yeah. I've been addicted to buying <laughs> stuff before. The more boring my job is, the more stuff I buy. Like for a while, I had a boring job and I bought a lot of Swatch watches online. Okay. And now I just have a huge Swatch watch collection <laughs> <laughs> just sitting in a drawer. Is it, is it gaining? Like, does it. Increasing, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I think everything does. Everything increases in value. I mean, in this economy, the two things that have definitely stayed the most steady are gold and Swatch watches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, Mike Kramer told me that. <laughs> Mike Kramer, that guy. He's the best. Um, I've never collected any like anything like that. I, I, I get jealous of people with oh, multiple of things. There's so many collections. Swatch watches. Yeah. Books. I got so many books. What was the What was the books. cards that you and I almost started? Magic collecting? cards. I, I literally have like a thousand something magic cards up there. Oh yeah, you got weird. You got way into it. Oh, me. I threw mine away. You should have told me. Well, I just okay, threw my nothing. magic cards away. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I guess I just won't be this. Yeah, you guys I never. Have any garbage pail kids. No, not anymore. We, I used to way back in the day. Yeah. I think about all of the Mom's stuff that's now worth so much money, from when I was a kid. Even the Pokemon cards. I remember giving away my Pokemon, Pokemon. cards. Because I was like, you know, these are worth nothing. Yeah. They were worth nothing for so long. And now... Dude, but it's also bullshit like because... Dollars. This is kind of lame, but my grandmother would give me Thai Beanie Babies every year for, like, <laughs> gifts. Those are worthless now. Yeah, but yeah. people would be like, I got the Princess Diana Thai Beanie Baby. And, like... It does my, half of a face. <laughs> no, no, it's... <laughs> I think it's like stored away somewhere, and like the way my grandmother explained it, she was like, "You could buy your house with this one day. It's worth like thirteen bucks." <laughs> so by the Princess Diana Beanie Babies, just a bag filled with like stuffing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. little pieces of fur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, the royal family. I think they. I think they knew what happened to her. I think they were in on it. You think they were in on it? Mm-hmm. But I why have did no they? Evidence. Why did they kill her? Just because they didn't. She knew too much. What did she know? 
how big his dick was. <laughs> <laughs> she knew exactly how big it. Little Prince she made the family look bad. No, yeah, she was pretty public about Charles cheating on her or mm-hmm. whatever. He cheated on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it started. Uh, yeah, and if you see the woman, he cheated on her. Ugh. What's her name? Like something. Camilla. Camilla. Yeah. Something. Yeah, because like Camilla, like Gonzo's chick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Literally, I mean, they don't look. And now they're married. Well, not married. Or they Camilla are married. Parker Bowes or something like that. Whatever. It they're is. they're married, and now she's the, the kind of the queen, right? Or the queen and consort. Queen. Yeah. Queen. And I don't think he's married. No, she Camilla is the queen and consort right now. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I read it. And so that means that she's something. Sometimes yeah. you see somebody and they got like a really hot wife or girlfriend or whatever, and then they still cheat on them with someone else. It just makes you, it just reminds you, it's like, no matter how hot the person you're with is, you're going to get used to that. Yeah. yeah. You know it's never I mean? enough They're for only hot for a little while, and then you get used to it, and then it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Ain't, ain't that the truth? They only stay attractive if you're attracted to them. Yeah. It doesn't yep. matter if they were hot to begin with. Which It's, not, it's like sort of along the same lines of... Uh, I went to Fort Lauderdale last weekend, and we stayed in, nice. like, the most opulent area I've ever seen. And just sort of going along the same lines of just, like, oh, like, hot, and then, it like, you get used to it. It's like, it's like those people that live in, like, extreme wealth. It's like, you get used to it, and then it just becomes boring. Well, yeah, what they, it's like, what can make me happy now? Right. Like, I'm, I fly on a private plane everywhere. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want. Like... Th- what do you do? What makes you happy if those things are normal? You know what I mean? Like, oh, should we go to Dubai? I don't fucking know. Been there. I feel like nothing's sacred after you you have enough money. I remember when I was living with Tim Kish, he read like a study. And I think it's if you make anything oh, yeah. more than $160,000 a year, it completely changes the way you look at the world forever. <laughs> Like, cause you're, if you, that's like the base amount of money where money's not really an issue. Like you might not be able to buy like a multi-million dollar yacht or whatever, but right. like as far as houses go, you have everything you'll ever, like you'll be able to afford the house that you need with the family that you have. You can go to a nice dinner and not be like, should you I can not? buy whatever you want for the most part, clothing, vacations, whatever. None of that's really going to break the bank for you. So your life, like the way you look at the world, just fundamentally changes. That's my goal in life. My only success. I would like goal. to get close to that. I want to be able to <laughs> go to a dinner money where you don't got to think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying like if I'm buying a Ferrari. I'm saying if I'm going to like a three hundred dollar dinner, like I could just go on a like date and not be like, is this gonna fuck me for like two to three weeks? <laughs> That's what's exciting about it, though. Yeah. Especially like in my twenties. Like I remember. I was dating a girl, and we were on, we were on the rocks, and I knew it was about to end. And I was like, I need to take her to Mashulu, which is the <laughs> most like twenty-three-year-old dude. Like, if I take her to Mashulu, maybe there's a, there'll be a little magic in the Delaware that night. That's yeah. a boat. Yeah, it's yeah, a the, boat the restaurant. Boat restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've heard it's not great. It can't be, dude. It doesn't. Great. It's it's where you take a girl that's about to break up with you. Right. So, <laughs> so you can throw her. So I don't think we should. I think we should see other people. I think you should walk the plank. <laughs> I had about I forget why. Oh, it's because I was bad with money. Uh, I had like eighty dollars to my name or something like that. And this was before like online banking was what it was now. So I had to like s- my, the TD app was like really bad and it was like late. So like the number you would see on your app was it wasn't true. Maybe not 
the right amount of money you have. So I remember like I took her and I'll, I don't, it's the only the blind arrogance of being like a 23 year old dipshit guy where you're just like, I don't know if I have the money. I'll figure it out when I get there. <laughs> and like park my car, park my cars. Yeah. yeah. So I, I got in the like parking lot, put on a red jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I put on like, um, it's like a Mrs. Doubtfire situation. <laughs> Every five minutes, you have to look at your date and be like, uh, "I'll be right back. I gotta run. <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom." <laughs> She's like, "Again? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't help." No, it. that's literally what I did because I. You accidentally come back with extra keys. Yeah. Like, She's like, "I know what you're doing out there." I can't. Like, I got the like. I let her order whatever she ordered, like scallops and like, like a and your an appetizer, and I was like, "I'll do the chicken. Yeah. I'll do the chicken breast because it's like nineteen dollars," and. uh She's drinking. I'm drinking Sprite or something. And then I realize I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen here. And I like called, like, <laughs> I called my mom. I was like, hey, I'll be right back. Like, I kept going to the bathroom. I was like, hey, mom, uh, I don't, uh, I might have, I don't know what to do. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, uh, I'm at, I'm at a nice restaurant and uh, I'm trying to get pussy. This girl did not break <laughs> up with me slash pussy and uh, I might have spent too much money. I don't, I don't know. What happens if I don't have enough money to pay? She's like, I don't know. They'll, they'll probably, yeah, they'll probably make you throw it up. So I'm like, yeah. all right, well, <laughs> there might be an emergency. I might need to borrow like $30 because I have $80 in my checking account. So mm-hmm. like the check comes, they drop it. It was like $130 or something like that. And I remember being like, yeah, I don't know if Lisa's worth it, to be honest with you. I put my debit card in there. They take it and he comes back and he drops it off. And I'm like, see ya. Yeah. Good, good. He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> dude. That I was so nervous, <laughs> and like it became so obvious. The to date her. loves that when you're like, <laughs> everything good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. It became so obvious why to her. Why didn't you split it? Why weren't you like, yo? Why don't we split it? And because I was like, why don't we split up? Yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? You don't. Th-. She also didn't have a job and lived with her parents, and I lived nice. on my own at that point. And she should have. She should have been more. Did have a job. Know. I was just bad with money. Do you think? But I wanted her to think. I was just like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I am an option here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was a bad option. Do you think anybody at the beginning of the Titanic trip broke up and had to and stayed together, like because you had to get to you America? break up right when they hit the right before yeah, they hit yeah, the iceberg? Yeah. Like now we got to take this fucking lifeboat yeah, together. Not a lifeboat together. Awkward. <laughs> He's like, hey, we're this pretty. Pretty amazing thing we just went through. I think maybe yeah. let a spark back in you. You know, I like I, saved you and your family or whatever. She's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's not enough room. Or like AJ, you're him. just kind of not my, <laughs> not what I'm into. AJ. Just a guy <laughs> named AJ on the top there. <laughs> CJ on the. <laughs> Names are coming back. Your, what's your son's name? Kirby. I have two sons now. One's oh shit, that's right. Congrats! Had a baby a couple weeks ago. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. Can we say Uh, their names on here? I mean, nobody like we don't have. Yeah, I don't see why. Yeah, some people are like, "Don't put my baby's face on Instagram," and I'm like, "I don't understand why you're not supposed to." Yeah, what bad thing happens if yeah my facial is on facial recognition software? I don't know. They could recognize your baby's face. Yeah, but. Then what? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so my one son's named Kirby and the other's named Dashiell. Ooh, that's a cool name. 
Is it hard hard to pick the names? Do you guys look through baby names? Kirby was easy because it was my wife's grandfather's name. But then for our new kid, we didn't know what to name him. And my wife said, uh, I don't know what to name the baby. I should look at some books. And so she walks over to the bookshelf. And I thought she meant I should look at a baby name book. But instead, she just looked at all the spines <laughs> yeah. of all the books. And she's like, Dashiell Hammett. That's a nice name. She's the books of the Bible. Oh, I thought she was going to read the book and then come back and be like, I think we should name our child Lord Saruman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd like that. Sorry. The the David the Foster Wallace. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think the, ho- the Hobbit is what I think we should. Do you, do you think, like, because so you grew up here. Went to college, lived in Philly for a while, also mm-hmm. lived in New York. Now, do you, are you trying to figure out where is best to raise kids, knowing how, like, where you were raised I, somewhere? I, yeah, I do think about that. I mean, I thought that, so we had my first son in New York. He was born, like, in the middle of Manhattan I, to drive through Times Square to get to the hospital, you know. Uh, and I was like, what if there's traffic? What if we have to have the baby in a taxi cab or something? Everything worked out fine. Um, the, te- the drivers know how to do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They're not trained. If you're, you a ta- if you're in New York City, you have to know how to um, uh, deliver a baby. Oh, you're being serious? I no, no. I, mean, it's a, I just roth rocked your ass. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's not fun, is it? <laughs> I don't think they're trained to even drive. I don't think they're trained to do anything. Um, but anyways, yeah, we had my son in New York City and lived with him there. And everybody was like, oh, it must have been hard to have a kid in New York City. But I thought New York City was a pretty good city for a kid because it's totally safe um you can't rob a baby (laughs) (laughs) they don't have any money any money um my son loved it so i don't know new york city um was not a bad city to have a kid wait what was the question you asked me where like do you think oh do i think about where to raise them Mm -hmm. i absolutely do because here's the problem these days right it used to be when you were a kid you could just run around you would just run around your neighborhood. There'd be a pack of kids. You would just run around and shit. You can't do that anymore. Now you got to... We don't let kids run around because we're afraid they're going to get like taken or something like that. Yeah. And it's just not that vibe anymore. You have to like set up play dates mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so I've always wanted for my kid to live in a place where he's got a lot of friends on his street in the neighborhood where he can just go outside and bump into a kid and the kid's like, you want to come play? And they play for a little bit and then he comes home. Um, so I have always kept That's that a catch mind. 22 because that street is more urban, right? Like, a, but like why a, is that bad? Because there's more like traffic and shit. Like, because th- like Naomi's kids are like my girlfriend's kids are uh, 11, like that age where they're kind of playing around and they have mm-hmm. kids in the neighborhood. But there's also more things that could go wrong. You know, it's like yeah, not you like you just a, don't jump in front of a car. You you would think. You see the car, you don't get in front of it. You would you. Would, that's what I think. But everybody's so concerned all the time. Yeah, I think rightfully so. And people out I there, will say, I, I guess mean, I don't know. I don't think th- like people are 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 definitely concerned. They're, they have a right to be concerned for their children's safety. Obviously, I don't know if they're going to get trafficked, but I do remember. Some of them, like looking back at being like a like a young teenager, preteen, the most dangerous stuff I've ever seen. Like, I had a friend. He lived in this neighborhood behind me, and there was a huge hill that um, that went up into the neighborhood, and he skateboarded down it, bombed the hill, and then it went directly into two o two. 
<laughs> Pennsylvania Highway 202. Mm-hmm. And he blindly started at the top of the hill, went down without stopping. It was just like, I'm just going to risk it. <laughs> Luckily, it did not get hit by a car. Yeah. And every now and then, that'll pop into my head. And the older I get, I'm like, I'm never. I- yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Especially like when they, your kids are, because yeah. you just kind of hope your kid isn't going to be like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Isn't that survival of the fittest though? Maybe yeah, that's yeah. Why we have so many. Dumb, he is dead dumb dumb now, people, so we're coddling our children. All the dumb ones are surviving, and <laughs> yeah. maybe they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you're lucky. You have smart now. kids. I hope so. I don't know. The one is only a couple weeks old. It's hard to tell. That's <laughs> true. Dashel. How do you know until? Uh, how will you start to know if it's smart or not? It's like you can't even talk (laughs) (laughs) Idiot (laughs) We used to do this thing There's like this blind intersection uh, Where it's like You know There's like the Flashing yellow lights And it's like This street here Is like a little ramp So you could jump it But you have to get speed So my my buddies And I would be in the car But the main This is also a main road So there's cars flying by No The only stop sign is you Here So he would do this thing where he'd be like, he would start gaining speed and he would look at you and then just not stop at the stop sign. Just risk the possible T-boning that would happen that would cause probably so four to five reckless. families to never be the same ever again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, but then you're like, that's fun. It's like, dude. I mean, it is, to be fair, it doing is dangerous fun. stuff with your friends, it's some of the most fun you'll ever have. Yeah. but I'm not saying you should do it, though. Especially when it's like pre, it. when it's like the pre-drinking dumb days, yeah. where oh you're just God. dumb for the sake of dumb. <clears throat> that's great because that's honest. Yeah, it's yeah. good old-fashioned. We almost died I on our own volition. Yeah, thought Not, this through. Yeah. Whatever that. I still think this is a good idea. Unadulterated, but the kid version of unadulterated. Right. Unchildrened. <laughs> Adulterated. Yeah, you can't. Got, you I get. Thank you, man. I got you. Thank you, buddy. It's good, to have, it's good to be here for me. But yeah, I do think about the neighborhoods. They've all been fine. I thought New York City had good parts. I thought Philly had good parts. My wife hates Philly now. We go back and there's just... Ha- or like where we live, we lived in Fishtown. And we go back now, it's just... Needles ha- and shit. Heroin everywhere yeah. and crazy people. And uh, it doesn't bother me, but um, but she doesn't like but it. But definitely not a place Which like I understand. you grew up. No, I mean, I grew up in the country, but I thought the country was worse. It was just a bunch of dumb hicks, mm-hmm. yeah, a bunch of yeah. dumb rednecks, and it was boring. I always have the theory, like, in a city, there's more people, so you can run into trouble. Like, yeah, uh, like odds, at, uh, like, odds are. Yeah, but if you do run into somebody in, like, the country late at night, it's trouble. It's You're like, dead. Yeah, it's not good. Like, Yeah, the most scared I've been, like, especially, like, when I lived in L.A., lived in literally south-central Los Angeles, I was there was gang shootings in my neighborhood all of the fucking time where people died. The most scared I was in that six months, uh, like just in that interim of six months, like going from Pennsylvania to L.A. was like being in Missouri at night. Yeah, yeah, driving like at a truck stop in like nowhere, fucking Texas. That is legitimately terrifying. So you were yeah. in L.A. for six months, New York for six months. No, I was in L.A. LA six, for six almost. A year. Like 10 months, maybe? Huh. I was there for a decent amount of time. And I moved back because I was doing too much cocaine. And I figured... <laughs> what? Can you believe that? No, I'm surprised. You were really doing coke? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Why? Doing it, selling it. Uh, I wasn't doing it for a minute. Because I would, like, play around with it when I was, like, in my early 20s. And then I didn't do it for, like, months and months and months and months. And not that, like, it wasn't a deliberate thing either. I just... Were you partying a lot? I was drinking a lot. Um, but I didn't have, like, the comics I lived with didn't really, like, go to bars or anything like that. And I was still kind of... They wouldn't do cocaine. I wasn't adjusting. I was older than them, too. Um, no. So I didn't really have, like, a huge social life. I had my roommates who I was friends with. but yeah. So I tried to go out, and then one night I found a guy who sold coke. And then that's when I really started doing coke. <laughs> so I moved back for, like, a minute, and I we had a place in Burbank that I was going to move into. And then I decided to move to Denver instead for whatever reason. I didn't even know. I just learned you lived in Denver Let's, right now. Eight days in Denver. <laughs> eight days in Denver. Because eight crazy days in Denver, yeah. which is the title of my new memoir. <laughs> oh, I mean, the reason High I had to leave there. High altitude. My uh, roommate yeah. who got me the place, he's from Doylestown. He was in jail, but he was only going to be in jail for like a week for a DUI. So he was going to meet me there. And <laughs> he's, he's like, the other roommate there was from Doylestown, but he had a DUI. And he couldn't do anything because, like, he gets drug tested every month. And then went out with some people there. <laughs> I love the he idea. found of drugs. And then <laughs> the guy, long story short, my roommate takes me out. He buys a bunch of coke from his drug dealer who was an ex-prison Nazi. But he told me he was just a Nazi in prison because he had to be or else he'd oh, get his yeah. ass kicked. So he yeah. had to, like, join a club. He's like, I'm getting him removed. And then I, you know, I, you know, then it's. 12 in the morning there's nine people at the house and they're blasting <laughs> prodigy smack my bitch up and i was like i gotta i'm gonna die if i live here yeah so yeah. i love the idea of your friend from doylestown getting being in jail in denver and then convincing no, you to he, move out Pennsylvania. here oh and oh, then he oh. came back oh so i picked him up from the airport he's like dude i cannot wait i've got so much shit to show you here and i was like i'm out <laughs> there's no fucking way i can live here dude i'm trying to i'm trying to grow up a little bit yeah I will die here. Huh. Yeah, I'm just curious about the drugs thing. I don't know. I you just never finished. you never did it? I've never done any drugs. I've been drugged a couple times. What? Yeah, I got drugged a couple times. So a couple th- times? Yeah. It's Can we talk about it's the it? The clothes I wear, I guess. <laughs> I don't even want to get into them. They're long stories. One time was at like a party at Facebook in New York and then one time was <laughs> at, on the road after a show. You got drugged at Facebook? Yeah, it was like some part. Maybe it was Twitter. It was some like social media thing in New York. I was at a party and somebody drugged me. And what do you remember? You just went down. Like you don't remember anything? I remember. I don't want to tell it though. I've told this story before. It's boring. All right. All right. But, uh, but I just finished reading Big Sur Kerouac's memoir yeah. about trying to get clean. It's pretty interesting. I have that. And that's one I haven't read. It's a good read. It's right there. It's pretty crazy. It's almost like a horror novel. In the end, he's like going fucking crazy. And I just, I've read it before, but it's been a really long time. And this last time I was reading it, these past couple days, and our baby has colic, which means they'll just cry for hours. And there's nothing wrong with, or there's something wrong with them, but they don't know what it is. Lou does that, but he has depression. (laughs) (laughs) You have adult colic. (laughs) So there's nothing you can do about it. They just cry and you're just supposed to like let them. And so, theoretically, you could just <clears throat> put him down, put him on the crib, put him on the bed, and let him scream. But I, we, we always feel bad, so I'm like, all right, I'll hold you while you scream. It doesn't stop them. But anyway, they put, like, earplugs in. You can still hear the screams. And so, but that, that was 
went that was the environment i was reading big sir in <laughs> and so it was perfect because the end of the novel is him going crazy and having the dts and being all paranoid and shit and the whole time i'm reading it the baby is screaming like nonstop, like a fire alarm and it was actually a perfect immersive experience damn that's, that's wild that's gotta be almost impossible to do with your kid like your baby screaming yeah, there's just you, you just gotta to let it, it. Yeah. You get used to it. I mean, the earplugs help a lot. Yeah. You can still hear it, but it's not. Because in the beginning, you're probably like, there's something I can do. I well, we knew there wasn't because we read about it. We oh. read about college. That's the good thing about reading. Yeah. And I was learning. Like, Thank God. Thank God yeah. we fucking have words and talk, shit like that. But, yeah, no. Um, I, had, I was going to say something. Tell about Jack Kerouac. <laughs> yeah. Was it about Jack Kerouac? <laughs> do you guys like? Do you like? Jack, Jack, people are like have strong opinions on Jack Kerouac. People I hate Jack Kerouac. Yeah, I've only read uh, Tristessa. What's his other book? What's like the big one? Dharma Bums on the Road, Visions of Cody, Chicken Soup for Dr. the Teenage Sex. Soul. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've just read I one book you from said him. Actually. Latina Soul, and <laughs> I was like, genius. <laughs> if Jack Kerouac authored Chicken Soup for the Latina Soul, why why that. do people dislike him so much? Because he's corny. Okay, yeah. or he's not corny. He's he's genuine. Like you know, all those dumb things you've ever thought that uh, when you think them, you're like, whoa, and it blows <laughs> your mind. But then later, you're like, ah, oh, that was dumb. I can't believe I thought that. You know, like that's all the stuff that he writes down. Like he's not embarrassed. Am I the Jack Kerouac of stand-up comedy? (laughs) 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 I think that's what I am. That because he has a different writing style too, right? Well, then he also writes weird. Like that's the whole the beat 1960s style, where you have long paragraphs of a bunch of you know weird like uh, words mashed together and. but I think people, that's not even why people dislike him. I think they dislike him because he's very romantic and he's not afraid to say corny stuff. And mm-hmm. um, It's a weird thing, way, way to hate somebody. They're just being themselves. He's so sincere. Yeah. Very sincere, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I hate this guy. I think people are embarrassed. Fucking like, guy. Oh, awkward. Do you think you'll be um, working on another book? Like, do you have plans to write something else? Well, so right now I'm writing and drawing comic books. Mm-hmm. So I just finished book one of Invisi- The Adventures of Invisible Boy, which is a middle grade graphic novel, and I got two more to go. Nice. So it's going to be out in September, um, and I just finished that one. So right now I'm writing book two, and so yeah, right now I'm writing graphic novels instead of novels. And what do you find that easier, harder than stand up or the novel itself? Like what 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 have you? Because f- you've done a bunch. Of stuff, yeah. Creatively, what what comes most natural to you, and what do you enjoy the most? Writing novels is hard, um, and I don't feel very confident in it. Um, and I think I partially wrote that my my first book because it was something that really happened to me, and so I I had a desire to write it. But I've written some other books, and they weren't so good, or it didn't work. And I wonder if maybe I'm not. A novelist if I just wrote that one because I felt like I had something I wanted to say uh, yeah but comic books are a lot easier for me to write they kind of fit more with my personality and what I'm interested in because you're allowed to be funny you're allowed to have 
action and fights and stuff like that. And especially with kid comic books, you're just kind of allowed to do whatever you want. It just has to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, and so you have like kind of like a built-in uh, focus group. Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I'm good at writing kid comics books right now because I spend so much time with my son. And so I'm thinking what would he like or i'm yeah. thinking like do you kid. run stuff by him i run stuff by him yeah. nice. how old is he he's six right now gotcha that's awesome yeah that's like the perfect like, age to look Kirby, at someone what and if be like a, what if an octopus had a gun <laughs> <laughs> is that cool well yeah yeah how many guns would it have to cool have? cool or scary <laughs> guns in each one of the things <laughs> no you need four how else are you gonna reload you gotta have one for reloading oh true 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 i'll run a lot God of stuff it, past Tom. him and he's like no don't do that <laughs> no 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 Really? Yeah, because there's a lot of stuff. I mean, the whole point of writing, or a thing you got to do in writing is you got to get your character in trouble and then you get them out of trouble. That's Mm -hmm. writing or mainstream, you know. And so he hates the get the character in trouble part. Yeah. He hates that. He's like, you just got them in. Oh, no. (laughs) The dog spilled the pudding and his mom thinks he spilled the pudding and now he has to go to his room and he didn't do anything wrong. That's not fair. Yeah, because he's looking at it. He's looking at it through the relationship that you two have. Yeah. Where sometimes he's disciplined maybe for things that he doesn't feel are just. So he's like, well, why are you doing it to him? No, he cares about the character. Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you putting the character? <laughs> That's so funny. For a six-year-old to have an innate sense of justice is pretty cool. Though. Yeah, yeah. Kids have an innate sense of justice. And then yeah. I think when you become an adult and you're like, oh, it's a cruel and indifferent universe. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, justice <laughs> is an illusion. Dude, that's the th- it's true. Fair really makes sense until you're about, what, 10 or yeah. 11? Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when the... When the cold hard hand of the earth hits you that's when you forget and i i think that happens at a different age for everybody right mm-hmm. but and if it doesn't happen that's when it's weird you ever meet an adult that that doesn't has never <laughs> happened to it's like you have not been scorned by earth yet have you it's coming it's coming bad the longer you wait the worse it's gonna be well, and i'm like, gonna do it i don't it's like getting the chicken pox as an adult yeah. <laughs> it's i used way to think worse. it's like having braces as an adult like you look weird i used to think that but i i really i've come around to thinking like you know it's like when you see a guy in a big lifted truck and he's like you know geeked out of his mind on like human growth hormone and testosterone and, and stuff NOS, like, and that guy's drinks. got a tiny penis <laughs> honestly most of the time that guy's probably hogged out. <laughs> Whenever you see someone like, oh, like their life is perfect, you're like, oh, something bad's going to happen. It's like, no. Yeah. They're going to have a pretty boring life, but they're going to be comfortable and happy for the remainder Yeah, I of guess it. so. I don't want ish- to wish evil on anybody, but it, it is annoying to see people the enjoying world is, themselves. Yeah. The world is yeah. cruel, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's all your perspective on it. It's not like, oh, this guy. The fuck that, is this guy thinking? This he's guy's doing? an asshole, so he must have a tiny penis. It's just like, no, nah, guys, that guy's simply born an asshole, what and he will continue to be an asshole. <laughs> he thought he's the, not necessarily even an asshole. He's yeah. just different than you. He could just yeah. have. He, he could just big like trucks. Big, lifted trucks. He likes trucks. Uh, what if he, working out? The whole exactly. The yeah. whole justice of Earth was about dick size. Like uh, it's like, uh, oh man, that guy. He, he must have a tiny dick. Big dick guys are nice. A lot of I, I feel like that, like the male ego, it's all kind of based in like that's like you're always like, yeah, guy's got a tiny penis, or like <laughs> it's so see, weird, or like the big dick energy stuff. You're like, ah, yeah, that guy's that guy's quiet. He's like stoic, but he's he's not an asshole. He's probably yeah. got a huge dick, and it's just like none of these things 
ever. That's what the whole. I, I'm friends with enough women that, like, growing up, especially in high school, like the biggest dickhead you met in school, or like someone you really didn't like, that you just got like douchey vibes from or something. Always, they're like, oh yeah, he's got a huge dick, mm-hmm. and like. The nice guy, they're like, oh, yeah, I really like that guy. He was sweet, but he had a very tiny penis. It's like the world is just, if, if you want it to be unfair. Don't look for answers there. in the dick size of men. Yeah. There's no answers. I remember well, when but I was... there is an answer there. You got a big dick so you can afford to be an asshole. Or you got a tiny dick so you have to be nice. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But well, that's what's fun, so funny yeah. about this Pete Davidson thing. People attribute it to his dick size. It's like, no, he seems to be, as far as like the women have said, a very caring person and like present in their wor- world. So they like that. About I just him. think he lucked out with his PR. I think his PR was uh, just like, all right, now you, you can't be 9-11 boy for the rest of your life. What if we have you <laughs> fuck the hottest women on the planet for six months at a time? And uh, that'll just kind of be your like. I can't believe you just outed Doogie's next comic <laughs> book, Nine Eleven Boy. <laughs> the <laughs> Adventures of Nine Eleven yeah, Boy. Get a guy into a problem, and you gotta get him <laughs> out. Hey, get him out. <laughs> What's the? There's no mystery with Pete Davidson though. He's famous. Yeah. He's good looking. He's funny. He probably is charming. Yeah. yeah. What's the? Yeah, that's the thing. People are blown away by it. a lot of guys. Because like, I will admit. I don't understand how he's handsome, but enough girls find him handsome that I have to be wrong. He's got big eyes and he's got big teeth. Yeah. And he's like tall. He's got big eyes. Same thing with like Machine Gun Kelly. That one doesn't make as much sense. It makes no sense to me, but who am I? Who am I to judge? I think Lou is a very attractive man. I appreciate that. Women also agree. I wasn't fishing, but I like what I caught. Thank you. All right, boys. Well, we got a we got a good ninety minutes in here. Yeah. All right, Doogie. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure for to having have you. me here in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> we would ask you to plug stuff, but we, we don't have a ton of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we got a decent amount. Yeah, decent. If you have anything, we're, we're, they're growing, <laughs> and we, we appreciate every single one of you. And we're gonna f- show up at your houses if you don't continue to listen. <laughs> Check out my new album, Dad Max. Dad, it is yeah, available yeah. Congrats on sale now. Thank you. When's it come t- out today? It'll be out on December 9th. Nice. Nice. Um, you do pre-sale now, but I'm like, I was like, who's buying albums? <laughs> Is it going to be on like, can you stream it? Yeah, you can stream it. Awesome. And you recorded it at Helium in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Nice. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, check that out. Check out the book. Fucking, it is uh, Die Hard Season. So you have Die Hard Christmas. You can check out a Die Hard Christmas. You could check out my novel, This Might Hurt a Bit. You could check out my previous album, A Delicate Man. And the upcoming one is called Dad Max. Mm-hmm. Well, Doogie, thank you so much. Thanks um, for having me, boys. Thanks, yeah, buddy. absolutely. Attic boys. <laughs>